Okay, hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and I'm now live, it says, so I'll say that again. Hi, I'm Elliot Fishman, call my hair today and everything. Welcome to uh, our Facebook Live, our weekly Thursday noontime. I was at a meeting with uh, everyone on CTSS in the lab moments ago, till Lily told me, hey, it's 12.01, you're going to be late for your own uh, talk. Um, I guess it's hard to be late these days because you just go from, just spin the chair around one way or the other. So it's great to be here. I hope everybody's doing well. It's uh, March 9th, so it's a uh, it's Tori's uh, dog's birthday. Crispus is eight today, so that's good. Uh, everyone's pets hopefully are doing well, and uh, I don't know how you're going to leave your house. Uh, those of you who have been working from home, because your pets have had a really good two years, and it's been two years since uh, COVID really started. Uh, kind of amazing. It seems like it was yesterday in some ways. In some ways, it seems like it was the last 20 years. But even Hopkins now, uh, we got a note yesterday that around patients, you need to wear masks. When you see civilians, that means anybody uh, who's not a doctor, you need to wear masks. But if you're in a reading room, you don't need to wear masks if it's only you and there's no patients. Uh, if you're in your office, if you're in a conference room, you now can eat in a conference room before we couldn't do any eating. Now you can do eating. So it's a lot more leniency as of yesterday. So um, you still need to wear a mask. You still need to be vaccinated. I did notice they call vaccinated as two doses. They don't say two doses and a booster, which is kind of interesting. So, but um, hopefully things will continue to uh, progress for everybody. So we are hopeful for that. And that we're moving two years has been like unbelievable. I, you know, I guessed it would take two years. So if I was betting, I would bet really well. But uh, the reality is that um, nobody, I remember the guys in the lab telling me two weeks, a week, three weeks. And I told them, well, I first said it's not gonna happen. You know, we went home in March. Those people went home in March that you were not gonna be back before July 4th and probably not Labor Day. Little did I know uh, that I said it could be two years and that was more I won't say joking, but a worst case scenario because 1917, 1918, the flu epidemic took two years, so we've gained nothing in 100 years, but um, a little less people dying. So that part's good, so hopefully we'll continue to do well. Um, one of the things we are doing on the Facebook is continuing to uh, address different topics. We all also are expanding, we're starting this new thing, uh, 60 seconds of CT, we're gonna call it, I think, and it's gonna be kind of like TikTok, where I just talk for 60 seconds and talk at most 60 seconds. Now, unlike TikTok, a lot of the things I looked at, I'm not a TikTok user, but a lot of people use TikTok as the fastest growing social media. It's one of the reasons Facebook stock went down because everyone's using TikTok, short videos. I did watch TikTok, a lot of people are dancing and doing all sorts of things <laughs> that uh, I'm not really trained to do. So I will tell you that my TikTok, there'll be no dancing. There'll be no singing. There'll be no, I won't be playing any instruments or doing whatever. So you could be safe that I will be simply talking to you about uh, stuff. And I'm gonna try to make it like little uh, vignettes. Okay, so just think of it that way. Do not think about, if you're coming to watch me dance, this is not gonna be like Elaine and Steinfeld, where she has the dances where it looks like you're having a seizure. I, I can't even do that well. I kind of look like something like a, uh, not, anyway, 
it's been a anyway let me leave it at that today i'm just going to talk about um the kidney so let me just do a few quick things in the kidney and if you have questions just put the questions in the box and i will answer them so first i'll answer the first question and that's john biakino john hello from home john is home i'm at work so john is out in uh, timonium so i hope he's doing well it's his day off john's one of our senior excellent ct techs so hi john second thing okay on the kidney what does it take to do a good kidney exam more and more i look at outside studies and i'm just not happy with the studies um, because the ability to pick up things is really compromised by the quality of the study. Now, to be fair, it's hard to predict always in advance what the best phase is gonna be. And we know we don't wanna do four phases on everybody. Remember, if dose wasn't an issue, CT would be four phases. Non-contrast, arterial, venous, means about 70 seconds, delayed about four to five minutes. But what we wanna do is get the studies and the phases you need for a specific problem no less and no more. Now, how we decide this is something that is a little bit difficult at times. Now, obviously, we'll look at the patient's age. That'll be very important. You're not gonna have many cancers in 20 or 30-year-olds, but in a 70-year-old, you're gonna have cancer. So, this, so the chance of hematuria, for example, uh, in, a, in a gross hematuria, especially in a 70-year-old, 60% chance it's a tumor, in a 25-year-old, it's still about a 20% chance. Vitamin water, zero sugar. Excellent, my favorite flavor. Uh, my grandchildren know that. This is, um, what flavor is this? Can't even tell you. Oh, AC blueberry pomegranate. So if the producer of vitamin water wants, we just gave them a free, uh, free advertisement. So if they wanna send me a few cases, feel free. The, the thing about the phases, let me not lose my train of thought here. Non-contrast CT is critical. Stone detection is critical. Also, the fact is if you have a renal lesion, on the non-contrast, you can predict what it's gonna be. Remember, under 20 is a cyst, typically over 70 is a high-density renal cyst, as long as things are well-defined. Between 20 and 70 is the danger zone with the average renal cell on non-contrast being 37. So from the non-contrast, you could look at a lesion and either say stop, it's a high density cyst, or go on, and then you'll be able to look at the washout and the enhancement and be able to predict, not only is it a cancer, but is it a papillary? Is it a clear cell? Likely, is it a chromophobe? All of those things we can do. Obviously, things like angiomyelipomas, People talk about picking up fat, and we'll say that the easiest time to pick up minimal fat is on the non-contrast, because there's no beam hardening from contrast in the vessels or the kidney proper. So for small um, myelolipomas, AMLs, and even larger AMLs, but a small amount of fat, non-contrast works really well, so that can be helpful. And then what you wanna do is then you wanna do particularly in older patients, is arterial phase imaging. Many small renal cells, particularly clear cells, will show best or may only show in the arterial phase. So you need to get that arterial phase and that becomes very, very important. 
Also, if you have a mass and it enhances above 110, then it's likely a clear cell. Under 90, it's likely a papillary, which can impact management from partial nephrectomy, particularly with a papillary, to a total nephrectomy with a more invasive clear cell. You then want to go from the arterial, which also gives you a good vascular map, shows you neovascularity. You go to venous. Venus shows you the patency of the renal veins. Venous face also shows you the washout of a lesion, uh, particularly things like chromophobe adenomas, and look at their washouts versus clear cell. All those become very, very important. And then expiratory face imaging also can be important. Again, I think differentiating clear cell versus papillary or cyst versus solid tumor, you're going to do that from the arterial and or venous. The late phase is particularly good because we need to distend the calyces. So five minutes, four to five minutes is what we wait. And if you don't have a delayed phase, you're going to miss transitional cells, be they in the kidney or be they in the ureter or in the bladder. You need opacification, okay? That becomes very, very important. So the expiratory phase, uh, you need to have, and again, the reason I don't say like some people wait eight or nine minutes is the contrast gets too dense in the kidney and you get lots of beam hardening artifact. Four minutes, at worst five, tend to work very nicely. You have good opacification of the calyces and if there is a TCC or there is papillary necrosis, we can see it really well. What's very important is when you look at the excretory phase, you look at a minimum with sliding MIPS because then you can look at the calyces and look for areas of narrowing or distortion or the golf ball sign with papillary necrosis. If you only look at the axials, it's the wrong plane. Coronal is good, but coronal MIP is especially good. Volume rendering works really well, cinematic rendering, but the MIP is the easiest thing to do. So you might consider having the text if you want to do sliding MIPS for you and do that routinely, that works out very nicely. So that, that's, that's a good point. So we need to do that. We also talk about doing reconstructions. At a minimum, multiplanar is critical anytime you look at the kidney. 3D works very well, particularly when looking at neovascularity. We look at enhancement patterns. Of course, we're going to look for nodes and liver mets and lung and bowel and things like that. You know, again, when you're staging, but I'm not going to worry at this talk about the staging. We spoke with that before, and we can talk about that again at a different time. I think where people make mistakes is not only having one phase, you can't tell you got a renal mass, I don't know what it is. And they're usually later phases, is it washed out, is it high density renal cyst, is it a tumor, what am I dealing with, I just don't know. Other things important about the excretory phase besides looking at the calyces and the ability to pick up transitional cell is sometimes um, you're not going to really appreciate the presence of infection, polynephritis, on the early face images. You might see some decreased perfusion on the cortical medullary phase, but delayed phase is really best for picking up the changes in perfusion for polynephritis. Remember, all of the signs by Bosniak uh, for polynephritis uh, were based on excretory face imaging IVPs. So, is those late phase imaging that becomes important. And so we always, when we think infection, you want those five minute studies. Again, look at the coronals, look at the axials, but make certain you're not missing some perfusion changes. That becomes very, very important. I mentioned about the role of 3D, uh, creating maps. You can see that on CTSS a lot uh, for preoperative planning. Can you, if it looks like a tumor, 
Is it a partial nephrectomy or classic nephrectomy? Now partial nephrectomy is the way we want to go because you can preserve a lot of the kidney. So it's really partial nephrectomy unless you can't do it rather than it was a rare thing, now it's the common thing. So let me see, just a few, let me look at the questions. Alberto Sanchez Ripe is from Tahlequah, Oklahoma. How's it going there? And Jay Jamie, who works with us, is in Glen, beautiful Glen Burnie, downtown Glen Burnie. And Mana Verdi wanted to know how do you differentiate renal capsule liposarcoma for renal angiomyelopoma? The reality is there's so few cases of liposarcoma. When there is liposarcoma, there's extensive neovascularity present. There's more mass effect. You can get renal angiomyelopomas that are very fat poor. You can get them when they're very mass-like. You can get them when they're exophytic, not just intra within the cortex. But I think the liposarcomas are larger, more invasive, and more vascular. So I think that's a good way of separating those two. But of course, it's a very rare tumor. I've seen a few confusing tumors that have arisen from the capsule of the kidney, including a liposarcoma and a leiomyosarcoma. So that can happen, but that's also a little bit infrequent. Um, other things to talk about uh, with the bladder, you wanna look at the bladder very carefully, both on the arterial phase, because then you can pick up small enhancing lesions, as well as on the delayed phase, because then you could pick up filling defects. You don't really need to worry about the bl bladder on the venous phase typically, because at that point, the bladder is not really well filled. One helpful hint, um, we tell the technologist to try not to let the patients go to the bathroom immediately before a CT scan. Patients, when they see the scanner, always say, I need to go to the bathroom. Um, you wanna try to avoid them going if at all humanly possible, obviously, if a patient has to go, they have to go. One of the things about the bladder is we want the bladder distended. Otherwise, I see a million reads where people say, patient may have cystitis or it's not distended. When it's symmetric, it's almost always gonna be uh, under distension. And so all of a sudden, you're getting a bunch of urine cultures and you're pursuing real renal infection when it's not necessary. Other things in terms of the bladder, you wanna be careful to look at the bladder in all planes. Remember that if you want to look for bladder leak, a patient had surgery in the pelvis, you want to look for a complication, you need to do a retrograde study. So you put a Foley in the bladder, which is typically there, and you drip in 500 cc's of contrast, which is really a mix of 500 cc's of saline and 30 cc's of contrast. You drip it in. You'll then see bladder leaks, whether it's intra or extra peritoneal. If you only assume that bladder is distended and you don't see a leak, that there's no leak present, you're gonna be wrong 70% of the time. Most of the time to get a bladder leak, you really need to distend the bladder. Just simply waiting for flow to come down from above, the bladder will distend and you're not gonna see the leak. So you can make terrific, terrific mistakes. Let's see what else. Um, do staghorn calculi always progress into XGP? XGP, large kidney, central staghorn calculus, so I showed a case in conference yesterday with XGP with a perirenal abscess, but no calcification. So you really don't necessarily need a stone for XGP. Uh, classically, um, most XGPs do have large staghorn calculi. Not every case of a staghorn calculus goes into XGP. We see a lot of them just with either pilo or nothing. So um, usually XGP is in debilitated patients, patients in nursing homes, patients who haven't taken their antibiotics, patients who haven't been seen by their physician. It's usually a, a disease like that. So 
Uh, it's kind of a uh, older population, more common women, more common nursing home type patients. So that's a good thing to remember. Um, and maybe one of the talks I'll give for our TikTok will be renal infection versus tumor. How can you tell the difference? Well, looks like I've used up a lot of my time. So hopefully that helps you. If you have any questions, email me. Uh, our protocols have all been updated on CTSS on the kidney, so you can look at that. There's some new talks I have coming out of the kidney on our weekly lecture series. You can look at that. And if you don't, if you have no other questions, I'll thank everybody for coming, and I'll see you all later. Have a great day.